This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Friday, June the 12th, 2020. Travis Schreier. Senior analyst for BOL with you three times per week here on Daybreak. That's right, Monday morning, Wednesday morning, and this very TGIF morning we're with you here on the pod. A lot to get to on the show this morning. We're going to be recruiting heavy later on in the podcast. We'll be joined by BOL recruiting analyst Hank South. And Hank is going to sort of take us around the Crimson Tide in relation for the 2021 cycle. We're going to get into position by position specifics, numbers at each position, and really a mock look at what Hank South would project for Alabama's 2021 recruiting class if it came to a culmination right now. First, though, we've got some housekeeping issues to take care of to clean up a little bit before we get to Hank. You know, you still have this continuing situation with the coronavirus, not only impacting society in general, but at a secondary level, certainly the sports world, certainly the college football season out there still on the horizon. And, you know, as the infections, as the positive tests go up, I'm as inclined to think about what occupancy in college football stadiums might look like during the upcoming college football season. Because from the student-athlete perspective, although you don't like to hear about additional positive tests anywhere, whether it's Alabama or anywhere else around collegiate athletics, it doesn't sound as if these uh, tests are involving symptomatic cases. But the potential for widespread transmission is undoubtedly going to affect decision makers, especially where optics and perhaps even liability concerns are involved. When you talk about football stadiums starting in September, into October, November, and you heard from the University of Texas here in the last few days, UT says that it is looking at 30 to 35% capacity at Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium for home games this season if the season kicked off right now. Now, that could change either way. You know, it still is the middle of June. You still have uh, a couple of months, really, before you have to make some truly hard and fast decisions. But it is interesting to consider that the capacity at DKR in Austin is a little bit more than 100,000 there. 100,119, the official listed capacity for the home of the Longhorns, which is 1,700 fewer seats than what you have here in Tuscaloosa at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Now, the governor of the state of Texas here in the last week or so, he has upped the approved occupancy for sports venues to 50%. But again, Based on what UT is considering at the moment, we would be talking about crowds of, say, thirty to 35,000 for Texas home games maximum. 
instead of 50000 And of course, we also heard from Texas that ticket availability in that scenario will be based on priority, which is probably what you can expect at similar outposts around college football. I mean, what's the point in paying seven figures for a box if you can't occupy it on game days in the fall? Some news on the baseball diamond involving the Alabama baseball program on Thursday night as Tyler Gentry, the junior power hitter for the Crimson Tide, goes in the third round of the 2020 Major League Baseball draft. Tyler Gentry has his name called by the Kansas City Royals. You ever been to Kansas City for a baseball game? Kauffman Stadium, man. Cool little ballpark. Not your typical sort of cookie cutter, although stadiums have come a long way in Major League Baseball. We've gotten away from the sort of multi-use stadiums. Had some good memories growing up there at Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta, but I'm not going to lie. The new ballpark, and even before that, uh, Turner Field was a major upgrade from Fulton County Stadium. But uh, cool digs there for the Kansas City Royals uh, in KC. But Tyler Gentry, deserving of his place as a third-round pick, no doubt about that, started all 17 games in a right field for the Alabama Crimson Tide during the abbreviated 2020 season. All he did was hit 429 with six doubles, four home runs, 21 RBI, and 19 runs scored in that stretch. He reached base safely in 16 of 17 games during his junior season, including the final 12 matchups of the 2020 season. He really set the stage for this season with that big uh, sophomore campaign from a year ago. He hit 310, led the Crimson Tide in numerous offensive categories, including batting average, including hits with 65, had 13 home runs in 2019, 42 RBI, slugging percentage of 552. So you consider what Brad Bohannon had in this 2020 team. And again, it's a shame. It's a real shame it was cut short. Now, there will still be a lot of optimism moving forward, but with Tyler Gentry, you would think, moving on to professional baseball, you've had some other guys since the end of the season make the decision that they're not going to come back for another year. Guys like Colby Robinson, one of your veteran infielders. So, uh, again, still plenty of reason for optimism going into year four under Brad Bohannon, but... You're going to have to replace some key pieces, and uh, you like the way Brad Bohannon has been recruiting when you consider those vacancies that you're going to be looking to fill. Also on Thursday, you had the PGA Tour reconvening out at the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial in Fort Worth, Texas. Opening round action in front of no galleries. It was TV only out there. Uh, in Texas on Thursday. It's going to be that way on the PGA Tour for the foreseeable future anyway. I think in July you're going to start seeing galleries return to the events. Although I think next week at Hilton Head Island with the Heritage event, because that tournament is contested at Harbortown Golf Links and that course runs through a residential and resort area, you're going to see people in backyards next week. You're going to have sort of unofficial galleries, I think, there in the low country of South Carolina next weekend, especially with the top five players in the world committed to that heritage event 
on Hilton Head and the potential for Tiger Woods to be a part of that field. So uh, that will be interesting next week. But as far as Thursday, really good start for Justin Thomas to the event. He shoots a 6-under-64 and that puts him one off the lead set by Harold Varner the third, who had a very impressive seven under sixty three really sort of stress free sixty four for Justin on Thursday didn't really sweat much bogey free sixty four those are the best kind aren't they other Alabama players in the field out at the colonial Robbie Shelton fires a one under sixty nine on Thursday and Bud Colley with a plus 171. All right, let's get into what you really came here for on this Friday morning. We're going to check in with Hank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com. It is daybreak here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. If you haven't already, we would certainly appreciate you subscribing to the podcast. Leave us a rating while you're there, and not only a review, but if you have a question for the programming that we do here, On the podcast, we check those comments. A question, a suggestion, any type of input you would like to give, we would love to hear from you right there in that review section as well. Coming up after the break, it's Hank South talking recruiting on Daybreak for a Friday on the Built by Bama online podcast. Joined now by BOL recruiting analyst Hank South does an outstanding job for us covering Crimson Tide recruiting right there at BamaOnline.com. And Hank, as we bring you on here, I knew you took a stab here recently. I know you took a stab here recently at predicting Alabama's 2021 signing class in the month of June. Wow, (laughs) Hank, you're really getting out there on a limb doing this stuff. I I know the comments and the responses were pretty interesting, but um, in terms of your confidence level, in relation to how this thing may play out. Where do you sort of sit right now in that 10,000-foot view of, of what this latest haul could consist of? Are you are you feeling pretty strong about it yet, or you still got a, a, a spot or two or maybe even several that you're not quite sure about? Yeah, you know, I mean, putting it out in June, you know, I, there there's obviously a, a certain level of confidence, um, you know, to include them on the list. But you know, it, it's it, it's more of just I feel like at this point for fun to kind of see looking back and and seeing what you hit. Obviously, you know, there's guys we we think there, there's a pretty good chance that are going to end up in this class alongside the the guys that are already committed. But um, you know, when when you're talking about a, a period of the recruiting calendar, um, albeit it is an unusual recruiting calendar. But uh, when, when Bama is still putting out 2021 offers, when, when senior evaluations haven't even taken place, um, you know, it's uh, a lot's going to change. So it's it's not going to be 100 percent accurate, but it is kind of a fun look to kind of see, you know, at this point, where are we at? Um, who are the top targets? Who who kind of seems like they're trending towards Alabama? Who is trending towards Alabama um, and, and all that? And I, I know some of our subscribers on Bama Online have been asking me to do one. I think I did one in April one year. So it's not the earliest I've done one. But it is still pretty early compared to you know how far off we are from from National Signing Day. So let's go around the horn and get some thoughts from you on this uh, really early look at a 2021 recruiting class for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Let's start at quarterback because that's been sort of a very fluid situation going back to really the start of the new year, going from Drake May, going from Miller Moss, Jalen Milrow, and now I see where you have Luke Altmeyer potentially being the guy at the quarterback position for Alabama in this cycle. 
Yeah. And you know, you got to, with, with these mock classes, I, I feel uh, like you got to throw in a few bold predictions, even if, you know, there's not a lot of evidence at this point pointing towards him flipping his commitment from Florida state. But, you know, if you kind of look at, look at the situation, he got an offer from Alabama uh, last week, early last week. Um, you know, we, we, we did an interview with him and he said uh, he's actually already, you know, committed to taking a visit, an official visit to, to Tuscaloosa um, at some point, whenever the calendar opens back up for recruits to do so. Um, so we've gotten that far um as far as you know the interest level he's visited tuscaloosa twice obviously you know he's he's closer to to alabama than he is any sec school not named mississippi state so that there's uh you know an advantage working towards bama in that regard as well um and you know he's developed a pretty close relationship with sark um obviously has talked to nick saban uh and and, you know he, he he thinks very highly of the program he's very familiar with it being from you know where he's from and just you know knowing about alabama in general so I, I included him on the list over Jalen Milrow for that fact. You know, if you, if you look at Jalen Milrow and kind of where things stand there, he loves Alabama. We all know kind of, you know, what went down last summer with Jalen Milrow. He, he was close to committing to Alabama. Um, Drake may beat him to the punch. Uh, Jalen went ahead and committed to Texas, and he's been firm with them ever since. He ha- actually hasn't, you know, committed to taking visits elsewhere. He's still been mulling that over, you know, since March, he's, st- he's still, you know, if you ask him now, he, he said, you know, he's still thinking about it. He, he's, um, you know, trying to honor his commitment to Texas. He, he's saying all the right things with them. So, you know, if Jalen Milrow does decide to take visits and get out to different schools and see what out, see what's out there still, I, I, I could see him making the mock class at some point when we do this in the future. Um, there, there's a lot of love there for Alabama. He's very close with several of the staff members. So that, that could certainly be a guy uh, we have on this list of Eventually. But I, I think those two names right now, Altmeyer and, uh, and Jalen Milrow, are the ones to watch. On this mock uh, class you have for Alabama for the 2021 cycle, uh, don't have a running back right now. Obviously took three uh, in, the, in the 2020 class, so maybe not the, the need to, to go all that deep at the running back position. Do you think it's a case where Alabama will take the right running back or is it just not a situation where right now at least there's one that perhaps fits the bill or kind of uh, connects with this staff? Yeah, you know, I just there there hasn't been a name that's picked up a lot of traction yet. You know, the Bama has been recruiting the the big names like Donovan Edwards, Kamar Wheaton. Um, th- those are kind of the, the elite tier guys in this 2021 class. But uh, and they, they've had them on campus, too, for visits. Obviously, like you said, that that, that was before Bama ended up signing three running backs in 2020. Um, there, there's other names. There's actually a strong group of in-state running backs um, this year that are a little bit under the radar. We saw earlier this week Deshaun Morrell. Um, at a big county, he, he committed to UCLA. So, you know, there, there's power five level guys out there. There's Trent Davis from Etowah. Um, and another one, Joseph McKay from Phoenix city, um, central high school who has an Alabama offer. He reported one earlier this spring. Um, not sure Bama's pushing that hard yet for him there. I talked to Patrick Nix, the, the new head coach at central high school earlier this week, who just raved about him. He's about six foot, 215 pounds. He said, this kid's going to be a power five starter. He, you know, he, he sees NFL and his future um, spoke really highly of him for, you know, having never really actually seen him play yet, having just been there for this semester. So uh, there, there's guys out there. There's guys Bama's talking to guys in a mix. Um, I just, there's not that one name that's popped out yet that you could really make a strong case for ending up in this class yet. Yeah. And we know wide receiver, obviously a point of emphasis in this class already have Ja'Cory Brooks and a Jai Hall, a couple of four stars committed 
uh, by your math, you see a four-man wide receiver class, and if it plays out the way that you're projecting, all four will be four stars and two from Florida, one from Louisiana, and I guess another from Maryland is how this would fill out. Yeah. And this is one of those that I, you know, I think this position could, it could take a number of different turns. Um, you know, I, I almost included Christian Leary in this instead of Malcolm Johnson. Um, you, you know, the, there's several, uh, names out there. Um, as far as guys, Bama's recruiting Dion Colsey, Destin Pizone, Troy Franklin. So, uh, you know, Bama's they're going to end up with a very strong class. I kind of went with, with my projection here in, in, you know, Malcolm Johnson Jr. out of Maryland, one of these speed guys similar to Christian Leary um, that we've been hearing about, you know, Bama potentially getting either Leary or Johnson, one of the two, not striking out on both. I went ahead and went with Johnson in this projection just because, you know, a lot of the buzz lately with Leary has been more towards Auburn. Not that Alabama is out of it, but, you know, en- enough for me to include Johnson in this projection over him. Um, he's been getting Jerry Judy comparisons. Um, the only problem with, with Johnson, he just hasn't visited Alabama yet. So, um, you know, if he were to make a summer decision maybe that plays an impact into um, where he commits brian thomas jr uh, this is Alabama LSU. You know, th- there's confidence on the LSU side, I think for good reason. Obviously, he's just outside Baton Rouge, um, has visited LSU several times, um, has that going, LSU has that going for them. Um, he's been to Bama too several times. Um, obviously, the need at the position, um, Bama's prioritized him. Pete Golding's done a really good job there. So that's kind of, it's, it's more of a projection. You know, I think the longer it goes on with Brian Thomas without him committing, I think the better for Bama. If, if he were to commit, you know, in the next few weeks or sometime this summer, I think maybe that favors LSU a little bit more, but there's enough time left in this thing to, you know, Bama to keep working on him and, and eventually, you know, potentially sign him. No rock left unturned. I think a safe way to describe how Alabama's approaching its targets at the tight end position. <laughs> it's kind of turned into a quest there. Uh, you show one tight end signee for the 2021 class. Could that change in your opinion? And then, Let's get into some offensive line talk because uh, you got Alabama fans very happy (laughs) with a couple of five-star offensive tackles and Tommy Brockemeyer and J.C. Latham on your projected class. Yeah, you know, tight end is a, is a tough spot. It's similar to running back. There there's really wasn't a name that I felt that great about including. Um, I included Robbie Outs from uh, from Rock Hill, South Carolina. He's one of the only tight ends we've really talked to in the last or not. I mean, I haven't even talked to him. <laughs> our network has talked to him. Our, our uh, Don Callahan on the Inside Carolina site uh, did an interview with him a couple weeks ago. He said Bama is one of his one of his eight favorites. And, and there's other guys Bama's in the mix for, but you know, a lot of the the guys we've been talking to have said, you know, Bama just hasn't really been talking to him as much lately. So, you know, obviously that could be a signal of Bama not pushing for certain guys and maybe feeling good about others. We just haven't really identified that guy yet. And I think Robbie is one of the ones that, you know, you could make the best case for at this point, similar to a guy like Malcolm Johnson he hasn't visited Tuscaloosa yet. So, you know, if, if he's going to wait to take visits, that's probably better for Bama. Um, you know, if he commits earlier than that, that might favor the schools he's already seen and has a level of comfort with as far as being in there in person. So that, that's something we're watching other guys. Um, they offered a new tight end on, on, uh, on Thursday and Jalen sheet out of, uh, olive branch, Mississippi. So that's, uh, kind of an interesting offer. Uh, another one of the position we've seen go out and, you know, there's several other guys, um, in the name. I, I think, you know they're still recruiting guys that are committed elsewhere jermaine terry out of cal um hudson wolf who's likely you know he's turning towards tennessee right now that was a guy you know i think was leaning bama early on so we'll see what happens to that position but that's certainly a spot that in in the future you know we might include a different name 
So a five-man offensive line class, and it looks like you would pretty much hit just about pretty uh, every spot up front um, between center with, with James Brockermeyer, uh, the tackles obviously with Tommy Brockermeyer, J.C. Latham, uh, William Parker is uh, considered a tackle prospect. Jaeger Burton as a guard prospect from Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, that would give you, like I said, pretty much tackle to tackle. You'd be covered. Yeah, yeah you know, you, you fill this class out, and I think this is probably one of, one of the better, if not the best, offensive line classes on paper that we, we've seen um, at Alabama. Um, I, I kind of went for it on a couple of them. You know, Jaeger Burton, I, I think, you know, some feel that's an Ohio State-Kentucky battle. We talked to him a few weeks ago. You know, he, he's talking to Bam every day. Um, Kyle Flood's been doing a really good job in this recruiting cycle as well, attracting the attracting these top names um, to Tuscaloosa. Um, but he, he's a guy from Lexington, Kentucky. Burton, it is, um, is a guy from Lexington, Kentucky. That's uh, you know, he's been talking with Jedrick Wills as well, so he kind of sees that same path um, that we've seen. The same thing with J.C. Latham and, and Evan Neal, as far as you know, seeing from where you're coming from to where you could be if you were to choose Alabama. I think that's a big selling point obviously the Brockermeyer brothers um texas legacies but bam has just really made a great impression in that recruitment and, and i think um you know i think we'll eventually went out went out for for both of those guys and then william parker's kind of a new name um he he got a bama offer last summer at camp um but bama didn't really you know recruit him that hard until this past february when they started talking to him again they reviewed film um and, and if you turn on this tape i mean he, he's a really impressive player uh you know he's rated as a tackle but I, I think he could play i think he could play guard just as just as well um but has family in alabama has ties to the state and, and is just really high on the program and so I, I think he's a guy i think you could project he's from nashville uh, but I, I think you know the ties to alabama um his impressions of the program so far I, I think bode well for Bama's chances yeah you look at the other side of the football and just between the defensive line and linebacker positions you've got a total of 10 players in that mix five defensive linemen including a five-star in Damon Payne of Belleville Michigan you've got five linebackers I like about this mix that you're showing in this mox. You've got some diversity. You've got some inside guys, and you've got some outside guys, both up front and uh, at the linebacker level. Yeah, and the, another one. You know, we're doing this in June. It, it's gonna, it's probably going to change, but I think the guys we included on this list, um, you know, have, have shown some pretty positive signs in terms of Alabama with Damon Payne. I'll mention him because of being a five star. Um, you know, I think he could already have been on the commitment list had he had he made his visit to Tuscaloosa in late March as he had planned to do. He's already been once before. He was on campus. I think it was for the Ole Miss game last last season. Um, so he has familiarity with with uh, um, with campus and being and being in Tuscaloosa. Um, he just didn't get to make that visit. And so since that time, you know, I, I caught up with his coach a few weeks ago and said, you know, he, he was talking about how these coaches have nothing else to do right now, but recruit. So it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, I think Damon Payne's getting blown up on his phone pretty, pretty often. So I think he's maybe taking a little bit of a step back and, he, and he's considering, you know, all his options, but you know, he's mentioned Arizona state, Kentucky, I know Ohio state's been in it for him. So maybe that one plays out a little bit longer, but I, I think Bama has a, has an edge there still um shamar turner has been another one a, a defensive end from texas that's Bama's really turned it up for as of late 
um, battling Texas there for him. And then the linebacker position, I mean, yeah, you know, a, a mix of guys and, uh, some guys, you know, I, I wanted to include, but I, I didn't, maybe it's just in the in, involved with, with so many different, um, big names, you know, I, I included Xavier and Sori, um, who have had crystal ball to Bama for, for a long time. Who's, uh, an outside linebacker target. Um, I did not include Jeremiah Williams out of Ramsey high school in, Bar- in Birmingham. Um, I was kind of torn on w- which guy I wanted to include there. I, I went with Sori just to, to stick with my crystal ball for now. Um, obviously, you know, the two guys already committed with Deontay Lawson and Ian Jackson and then Kendrick Blackshire and Dallas Turner were also on it. So definitely, uh, you know, if, if they were able to, to haul in a class like this, even if you didn't get a guy like Sori and maybe got Jeremiah Williams or even Keanu Coat, uh, that's a, that's a pretty strong linebackers class to sign um, a year removed from, from what Bama brought in last year. Yeah. And it's on the defensive side where you start to see some of the real in-state uh, influence really at every level, including the defensive secondary, obviously to Quincy McKinstry, the coveted prize from Pinson Valley. When you talk about defensive backs uh, for the 2021 cycle, you have McKinstry forecasted to Alabama right now. Kane Williams is already committed more of that versatility that we've talked about that you like, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball and um, some Juco flavor for a second straight year as well. And again, sort of like the defensive front and the linebacker levels. uh, If you're talking about putting five defensive backs on the field a lot, which you are doing in today's game, uh, these five guys could pretty much fill out a secondary for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, w- uh, with Williams already on board, you know, Jaquincy, that that's that's one that, you know, I, I still feel good about Alabama on. But, you know, uh, it, it's it's a tight race with Auburn. And, you know, LSU kind of made some noise there. I, I feel like, you know, earlier in the month of May, I still think they're involved. But I, I just it's been hard to ever kind of get away from the fact that this is an Alabama Auburn battle in my mind for Jaquincy McKinstry basketball is probably going to play a factor there as well. Same thing with Terry and Arnold, not that it's Alabama Auburn, just that, you know, basketball is, uh, is another, um, something that he's looking at at the next level that he has an opportunity to do at, at, in, in Tuscaloosa. So we can see a class where, Mamma gets to Quincy McKinstry and Terry and Arnold, and both guys are on the basketball team as well. So that would be, I think that would be, that definitely be a first. I think um, you could probably tell me better than that. But uh, uh, Kyrie Jackson, uh, another year where Bama gets an uh, instant impact kind of junior college um, defensive back signing. We saw Ronald Williams in 2020, uh, obviously going back Savion Smith in 2018. Um, so certainly a guy that Bama seems very high on after offering last month. Um, a guy from Maryland, he's actually been working out with Trevon Diggs this offseason. So I think that's maybe helped Bama's case in, in that he's been able to ask him questions and kind of get a better idea without having ever visited. Um, and then I have Jordan Gilbert, who's, uh, kind of an interesting one. Uh, he, he's from Baton Rouge. He has, you know, just about every sec offer. If you look at his list, except for LSU. Um, so I, I included him on the mock class, um, but, you know, if LSU does offer, which, you know, you got to imagine they eventually will, uh, I think that might be the team to beat. But for now, I think Bama's really impressed him. They got him in on junior day in March. He's very close with Christian Harris, who's also from um, University Lab High School in Baton Rouge. So I think Bama has some things going for, for it in, in that recruitment. And finalizing things, you do have Alabama taking a specialist in the 2021 cycle a long snapper from Lake Mary, Florida, Rocco Underwood. And it makes sense, right, considering the attrition that Alabama is about to 
experience there at the long snapper position. And hey, I'm always for adding any guy named Rocco. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pro Rocco for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, that, yeah. I, so he made the cut. He's the only long snapper Bim has offered. So he, he was the only long snapper we had to, to choose from <laughs> as far as projection. I don't, I don't scout many long snappers. Um, so I, I couldn't tell you an up and coming long snapper right now. But um, no, he got a bit, he got an offer a little bit earlier than we see Bama usually offer specialists. Um, you know, we always see them kind of select who they um, want to go after at the specialist camp in early June, you know, whether they offer him earlier or not, that's kind of where it's decided is, is who performs at that camp uh, or it seems to be uh, Rocco Underwood got a, a, an offer from Nick Saban on a visit for the Tennessee game last, last fall. Um, I believe he came back for junior day in February um, and uh, he's considering, you know, several schools and, and some schools are actually recruiting him as a tight end as well, but it looks like this is an Alabama Florida battle. Um, you know, Florida's pushing, just as hard for him. You know, I, I think he's kind of targeting a late summer decision, so we'll know soon enough, but, um, you know, it, it seems like he's very high on Alabama. Bama offered him first. If, if you're looking at kind of clues to where he might be leaning, um, prior to Florida. So, uh, we'll see on that one. Uh, so by my count, Hank, I see 27 members of this class and I guess you had some room from 2020 to maybe back count a couple of guys. Is that how this is going to work? Yeah, I kind of, I didn't really limit myself to the full, you know, the, the cap of 25. Obviously, you know, there's there's always some leeway to work with. I, I couldn't, you know, give it a justifiable explanation um, as far as how it all works. Uh, but yeah, I went ahead and went with 27. Didn't want to get too crazy and, you know, like do 30. Um, that, I don't think that'd be fair. So I, I kept it at 27. We'll see how the numbers actually shake out. I, I do think it'll be a full class um, regardless. As always, great stuff with Hank South right there at BamaOnline.com. We always appreciate Hank joining us as well here on Daybreak, part of the Built by Bama Online podcast. Hank, look forward to doing it again soon. Sure thing. Thanks, Travis. For Hank South, Travis Ryer, hoping you have a great rest of your Friday and a great weekend for that matter. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com for continuing coverage for all things Alabama Crimson Tide.